Hello, it's me, Tolly. And it's me, Gina. And welcome to another episode of 10 Out of 10 Would Recommend. We've got a bumper for you this episode. Yeah, this is a big one, isn't it? It is, is... it is a big one for us, for Netflix, and for every single person who has ever loved and enjoyed horror. Yes, definitely. We um, are going to do a deep dive into what show, do you know? So, it is a trilogy of films, a, a trilogy, if you a will. Trilogy. A, a trilogy, if you will, of films. There are three horror films that are set in completely different eras, right? So you have one is 1994, the second is 1978, and then the third is 1666. So it's going to be a big one today. We've got a star-studded cast of people that we're interviewing today. We've got R.L. Stein, who wrote the Fear Street books. Mm-hmm. We've got Alison Pierce. Yeah who is a horror screenwriter, expert. She's got a PhD in horror. Like, she yeah, knows her sick. shit. And Arvel also wrote Goosebumps for anybody who's not sure. And if you're anybody who was anybody that was alive in the 90s, you know about Goosebumps and reading mm. the books. And I, like, still picture the cover from head to toe. So we actually speak to Arvel about his books and we speak to him about Fair Street because he did write Fair Street. So yeah. here is us talking to the legend that is Arvel Stein. Dude, what the hell? This is exactly why you have no friends. Look, some gal killed a bunch of people at the mall last night. Holy shit. When you were younger, if anybody went to the library to read books, look at books, go to your school's library, you would have seen this man's books there. He was completely part of everyone's childhood, whether you know it or not, even on TV too. And that Mm -hmm. is Bob Stein, also known as R.L. Stein. So if you're familiar with the Goosebumps books, he is the man behind those. But before Goosebumps was his Fear Street books, and that is the basis for the Fear Street trilogy that's come out on Netflix. So we're really excited to have him here. He's known as the Stephen King of children's horror. I am a chicken when it comes to all horror, but Goosebumps <laughs> always had a special place in my heart, right, Bob? Loved Goosebumps. We loved Goosebumps. We loved Goosebumps. So, so excited to have you here, Bob. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. A lovely introduction oh, you're very from welcome. someone who doesn't like horror. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I've always got time That's for you. <laughs> Yeah, all the time in the world. It's really funny because I used to read books when I was younger, but I was part of the cool gang. So I used to sneak to go to the library. So I'd be like, oh, I'm just going like, to go home early, but I'll sneak to go to the library because I didn't want my cool friends to think I read, which is really <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> Thinking about it now. <laughs> it was so uncool to read, huh? Yes, it, it was that uncool that I used to sneak to go to library to read. <laughs> and I would get the Goosebumps, um, Goosebumps books out. So that's how much it meant to me as a generation. So honestly, like, what made you start doing that to children yeah. <laughs> in the nicest oh. way possible? Yeah, well, I just like scaring kids. <laughs> that's it. You know, that's a good, that's a living, right? Yeah. Scaring kids. Sometimes I can't believe I get paid to scare kids. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it so weird that we have the appetite for horror at such a young age? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, when do kids read Edgar Allan Poe? We always read him when we were like 11 or 12 years old. Yeah, but I was mm. reading Goosebumps when I was like eight. Yeah. Yeah. And those, those are ghastly stories. Yeah. They're gruesome, mm-hmm. horrible, real horror. Not like my books. And we always read them when we were kids. Yeah. I think every age, I think we all like scary stories, no matter what age. It, 
I, when we know that we're safe at the same time. Yeah. We know it's just a story. I think that's what it is. Like reading it in my room that's painted pink, like it's fine. Like I'm safe here. Like this yeah. world is so far away from mine. It's just an imagination thing. So you really yeah. tapped into all of our imaginations. Right. Now that's my one rule with goosebumps is that kids have to know it's a fantasy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have to know that what happens in these creepy stories couldn't really happen. And, you know, once I establish that, that it's just a fantasy, I can go pretty far with the scares. Yeah. Absolutely. So take us through the premise of the trilogy. You know, on Netflix, it's coming out in three installments. But what is, for people who don't know about it yet, what is the premise of the trilogy? It's, it's three movies. There's yeah. three separate separate movies. Yes, correct. And, you know, originally it was going to be in movie theaters last summer. It was going to be one a month, June, July, and August. Oh, that's so it cool. Binge movie watching. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, but of course, there weren't any movie theaters last year. So I'm very happy to be ending up on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And they're doing one a week. Yeah. We're getting, you know, three weeks in July. It's the uh, month of fear on Netflix. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Summer of fear. Here's what's weird about these movies. Mm. They go backwards in time. Mm. They start out in the 90s. They go back to the 70s, and then it goes back to 16... It's all in 1666. It's in reverse order. Yeah. Yes. And somehow they're tied together, and they make sense, Mm -hmm. in a way. Because I didn't understand why they were all... Why we went backwards. Yeah, I I was, like, very confused. And then there's a point in the first film... I'm not going to give anything away, but there is a point where things start to unravel and you kind of understand how we're going to get to see how they're all related because there's this one thread sort of through all of them, which I thought was really, really cool. And you have to go back to the beginning to really understand what's happening. Exactly. You have to go back to 1600s. It's quite nice to do it that way around as well, instead of the obvious, and here's the start and here's the end sort of thing. But for you, Bob, what is it like seeing your written work in like a film and it actually on screen? Did you like feel like, oh, no, that's not what I meant? Or did everyone get exactly what you meant and, and interpret it correctly? <laughs> what can I say? I, I, I feel very, uh, I love writing books. Mm-hmm. And when I write these books, when I write Fear Street all these years, I think I've written over 80 Fear Street books. Or when I've done Goosebumps, you know, this is the 30th year of Goosebumps. Do you believe that? Wow. And I, I don't, do, because I think you started writing it. Yeah, I do. I know, I can't believe it. It's amazing <laughs> to me, especially since there are only six plots. Damn. It's oh, only yeah. six stories. <laughs> I can't believe it's been that <laughs> Somehow I got 150 books out of it. There are only six stories. <laughs> That's so, a dream. <laughs> anyway, I never think about the movies when I'm writing the books. I don't think about this other aspect at all. And, you know, it took uh, 23 years for them to make the first Goosebumps movie. Oh, wow. I'd been doing it for 23 years, and then finally they got a movie out. So it's not anything I, that I ever really count on or think. And it's, to me, it's like amazing. It's like surprising. I love seeing what they do. I love seeing what other writers do with my work. Um, that's just, that's fun. When you were um, talking about the different years that this is, these movies and also the books are set in, which era was easiest for you to write or did you have the most fun writing? I loved writing the, the historical stuff. Mm. 
Uh, somehow you can be a lot more gruesome in 1666. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can be a lot more hideous. The, the, uh, for me, the very my favorite Fear Street books from all of them are the three original Fear Street sagas, which really tells the whole history of Fear Street and goes back to those times. And somehow I just felt freer going back in history and killing off teenagers. <laughs> was, yeah, well, like, come on. I kill a lot of teenagers, right? I know, but somehow it was just a lot more fun killing them off, you know, 200 years ago. It feels less real, I guess. Have <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> ever any really gruesome thoughts that come to your mind that you're like, no, I can't write that. That's too far. Uh, usually, my I'm fairly conservative when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually pretty squeamish, mm -hmm. and uh, my editors all, would always say, "Hype it up, make it scarier." There's always the opposite. I do wonder what it's like if kids, when kids read Goosebumps now, and if it will freak them out as much as it used to freak us out. Because I like, I think we were a lot more sheltered. Like you said, it's 30 years old, which is kind of near enough my whole lifespan plus one. And so it is. It will be quite interesting to see if now eight-year-olds who see a lot more in the news and more like see a lot more basically than we ever saw are still really freaked out and scared by that. Luckily, our fears never change. Mm. That all stays the same. The kids are still, you know, afraid of the dark, afraid something's mm. lurking in your closet, afraid of being in a strange place and you don't know where you are or how to get out. Those things never change. And so those kids are the same. The only thing that's really changed for kids, I mean, they are exposed to a lot more. Yeah. Is the technology has changed. Yeah. You know? Um, but I, I always think like the Goosebumps books could have been written back when I was a kid, mm -hmm. you know, ancient times. But um, it's just the technology has changed. Cell phones have ruined horror books. Cell oh, phones so? ruin all mysteries. Because let's say you're, you're writing a Fear Street, these five teenagers are trapped in a cabin. One of them is a murderer. What do we do? How do we get out? Now, pick up the phone, <laughs> yeah. call for help. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Well, say a girl, a girl's getting these frightening phone calls from somebody. Someone, why? Who's calling me? Who is that? Now she looks at her phone. She sees who it is. <laughs> the book's over, that's right? Point. That's a really good that's point. That's a very good point. That's yeah, why you always have to cut off the network at the start of the book. Yeah. Just cut off the internet. <laughs> yeah. I, somehow I have to get rid of the phones in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I say, oh, there's no cell service. Yeah. There's no service. Or I, somebody collects all the phones in the beginning just to get that out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. You spoke about the fears being the same, but obviously the depictions of horror are slightly different, like when it comes to modern horror, for example. And when you see those depictions, like, for example, in Stranger Things, there are a lot of similarities or inspirations taken from the things that you've written. What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on shows like Stranger Things that is also available on Netflix? I have to do the plug because I work there and I want to plug it. <laughs> um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on things like that and so much inspiration being taken from your work? taken from your work well it's very flattering you know yeah stranger things they really did the 80s didn't yeah they? yeah it was just perfect and i don't think there was a single thing on that show that didn't happen in a fear street book yeah 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I think all of it. But that's very flattering. I don't get upset about it or anything. What a nice thing. Yeah. And they should yeah. be doing it. God knows how much I've taken from other authors. <laughs> oh, believe me, without Agatha Christie, half the mysteries I wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. Without Rod Serling and Twilight Zone mm -hmm. and Ray Bradbury, science fiction stories. You know, when you're an author, you you just you gather in all these things from all these other people and you use them. I think the scariest book that Stephen King ever wrote was Pet Cemetery. That is such you know a, that yes, book? I do. And I hate the uh, T. Have you read that book? No, oh, no. My God. so creepy and such a great premise. I've used that premise about five times. Yeah, it's cool. I stole that at least five times. <laughs> so. <laughs> So really, anyway, that's, you know, yeah, that's people yeah, Stranger back Things is a lot of fun. So with that being said, then, do you think when it comes to horror, there's a such thing as a new idea? Or is it just kind of new ways to do what's been done? There, there are some very clever ways of doing horror. Mostly you don't see it very often. The Joss Whedon <laughs> films, The Cabin in the Woods, you know that film? Yeah. That was a very clever way of doing horror. That was very good. I'm always looking for some really witty, clever, new kind of horror concept. You know, the Scream movies, Wes Craven's films. Yeah. He was another Ohio boy. He came from Ohio, too. Mm -hmm. The Scream movies are very clever and a very interesting way of doing horror. Mostly you don't get you don't get that many new approaches. So with the books, the books are PG and like kind of everyone can read it sort of thing, but the, the films are at 18. How do you feel about that? Is it, should it, should it rightly be 18 or do you still want it to be available for children, for the children? I don't know. I, you know, I don't know what your, your rating system, they're R rated here. It's yeah. R rated. And right, nothing okay. I've ever written is R rated. Mm -hmm. I've never, I, everything <laughs> I do is PG, right? Yeah. And that when they first said, oh, we want to do an R-rated film, the first thing I thought was, well, my readers today won't be able to get into the movie theater. <laughs> They're not old enough. you got to be 17 here to go to an yeah. R-rated film. Yeah. So I, I found that a little surprising. And in all honesty, when I saw the, the films, I was surprised by the incredible violence in these three movies. Mm -hmm. That was surprising to me. But that's what they are. I mean, I think people who read Fear Street back in the day, who are now 30 and 40 years old, I think they're going to love them. Yeah. Yeah. They're just going to love them. Definitely. Do you think that it's easier to scare kids than adults? I'm not the right person to ask. Mm. See, I don't see why anyone would want to write for adults. That's a really interesting answer. <laughs> Why would you want to write for grown-ups? I have the world's best audience. My kids, it's the best audience, especially the Goosebumps audience yeah. from 7 to 12-year-olds. I get them the last time in their lives they'll ever be enthusiastic. That is so true. You know what, Bob? You mm, make that's a so good point. True. That's it. By the time they're 12, 13, they discover sex. Yeah. They have to be cool. Yeah. And they're gone. They're lost. That is so true. That actually. is so true. That is the first thing that you do you lose. You lose like being excited about things because you have to be, you're too cool for school now. You can't be, which is why I used to sneak to go to the library because yeah, I couldn't be excited about true. reading. But also, if you think about it as well, it's like you get your most dedicated, like, so many people who are like hardcore stands of 
books, the trilogies, all that kind of franchises, it all started when they were younger. So like yeah. Harry Potter, oh. people would have read that when they were like 10. Um, you mm. know, Goosebumps, yeah. Fear no, Street, all of, these all of it. They so want to know the author. They want to talk to you. They want to buy things. They want every book. They, you know, it's very different. Grown-ups don't have time for that. Okay, so what we usually do is we get our guests to give us a recommendation. I just started watching Sweet Tooth on Netflix. Ah, yay! It's a very scary, very strange, very clever fantasy series. Yes. And I've only seen the first couple of them, and it's really good. It's very involving, and you don't really know what's happening. It's very timely because it's right after a pandemic, a horrible yeah. pandemic. Yeah. And there's so many weird things going on. And this great kid who's featured in the first two mainly, it's a, I think it's a great series. Really, I really do recommend it, Sweet Tooth. Fantastic recommendation. Amazing. Well, Bob, we've got an interview with Adil, who pays Dr. Singh in Sweet Tooth. So if you've got the time, you can listen to the past episode where we interview him and he talks about the show, so you love it so much. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, Bob. It's been amazing chatting to you. And thank you for all of the Grease Fun books and what you've done for all of us during our childhood. Thank, thank you, so you much. for scaring us and making us excited. I loved it. Stay scary, everyone. <laughs> Another shady side tragedy. Fits the narrative, right? Sarah fears that. Christ, not you too. There's no angry dead witch. The only thing that made him go crazy is this town. The dude was wearing a Halloween skull mask. How is that not fun? So it's really actually interesting speaking to somebody who wrote like their perspective, having written the books and seeing it come out. IRL, especially because mm -hmm. like when it comes to these films, like when it comes to nineties, I'm I'm into it. I'm down. Like yeah. I was I was alive then, right? Mm -hmm. okay, 1994. How old were you? Okay, I was two. Truthfully, <laughs> fair. But you was alive. You was alive. It's fine. Was you alive. was here. You was on Earth. Exactly. Um, 1978. Never heard of her. Never heard of her. Never seen her. Uh, Don't know I'm her. So sorry to that era. Uh, I do not know her. To that era, especially 1666. <laughs> don't have a clue who that bitch is. Yeah. I, I don't think I knew it was a time that existed. That's that's really interesting. I mean, we don't have to drive into it, but <laughs> it's just the thing that I didn't know, you know about. I was so. going to say, what do you yeah, mean? Yeah, I don't know you was going to ask questions, but there was no need for you to ask questions. But just like <laughs> us, another person who knows a lot about the 1990s and the horrors of the 1990s is Alison Pierce, our okay. next guest. She is a G in this horror yeah. thing. Like I said earlier, she knows what she's talking about. She studied it. She's into it. And I asked her if it was her kink and she replied, yes. one night and dead people are trying to kill us maybe we are doomed she was so sexy but so crazy normal bitches don't bleed black blood we are so excited today to talk to Alison Pierce. And honestly, you are amazing energy when it comes to all things horror that is your kink is that fair to say um, yes, that, that has been my thing for a very, very long time now. Okay, Alison, why of all of the kinks? Why horror? <laughs> <laughs> 
I, well, I think there's like loads and loads of different reasons why people like horror, but I can tell you about the things that work for me. Okay, let's hear it. I him. think, if you like. Yes, so, please. like, there's a million different kinds of horror, and I only am really into some of it. Like, I want to watch a horror film and be like exhilarated, like in the same way you are with a roller coaster. Okay. Like, I want to be, it's like going up at the beginning on the roller coaster and you're going, oh my God, why did I get on this? Why did I get on this? Oh my God. Ah. And then you go and then, and then you get off at the end drops, and you're yeah. like, oh my God, that was amazing. Uh-huh. And that's what horror is like for me. But that means like, I don't like horror films that are really kind of grim and downbeat all the time. Mm, right, so okay. like, if I come away and I feel really upset and sad about the world, then right. it's not really work for me. But there are so many horror films out there where you just come away going, oh my God, I was so terrified but then like she stabbed the monster and it <laughs> yeah. was okay in the end and everything went well even though it was completely scary and I like to just come away and feel like that was a ride yeah okay fair. I, I think that's what does it for me I love that you said Alison about you don't want to come away like sad or, or yeah. down about stuff and I, I hate to get deep quite early on but oh, okay. one of my <laughs> things with horror because there's a lot of violence um yeah. Sometimes I feel like, I don't feel like this is a hot take, but sometimes unnecessary gratuitous violence towards women. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, in a lot yeah. of horror films, I'm yes. like, and that's what's put me off, I'll be honest, with a lot of stuff. Because I yeah. think the storylines are actually great, which is why I love reading the Wikipedia synopsis of a lot of horror films. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a chicken, but I want to, I, I think the storyline's good. But I, I don't, it makes me uncomfortable, right? For yeah. you, is that something that you think about or consider when you're sort of writing horror? And have we seen mm. a shift away from those kind of tropes and that kind of thing when it comes to women in horror? Yeah, like everything that you're saying is basically bang on with what I'm thinking about in horror film at the moment. Right. So, you know, when you say, hey, I do horror, I've got a PhD in horror, people look at you like you're really weird Mm. and like there's something wrong with you. And particularly like if you're a woman, because like everybody's idea of horror is it's made by men. Yeah. And it's about male monsters who are like stabbing women and attacking Mm. them to death. And it's for like teenage boys to get their rocks softer Mm. and there's like as much boobage as possible Mm -hmm. and you know sex equals death and all that Mm. and that is a kind of horror it's it's the kind of like that style is really really prevalent in like the late 70s and the early 1980s and I'm sure out there there is still lots of lower budget horror films being made like that I'm not pretending it's not there but that's not what horror does for me Mm -hmm. and that's not really where I am so I don't actually mind a lot of the kind of 80s slasher films but I find them kind of ridiculous I don't find them scary so if I was watching something where I was genuinely like into it and like proper caring about the characters and then a woman was being like attacked I'd be I'd be really upset but because looking back at those older ones now doesn't mean they're all right they're still you know they're still like politically bad Mm -hmm. but they don't frighten me in any way so I kind of dismiss them and I think there is just much more of an awareness in the film industry now that you know you can't kind of just make stuff like that anymore yeah and it's not it's not cool to make stuff and it can't all just be about white teenage boys Mm -hmm. like there are lots of different kinds of um, horror film fans and there are lots of different kind of horror characters yeah so I think these days we're getting a much 
broader range of what horror can be. And it's like these Fair Street films. They've got some quite strong moments of violence, actually. I was quite surprised. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was RL. He was like, okay. He <laughs> was, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I won't, you know, I don't know what we're doing with spoilers, but that 1666 moment where they go into like the church pew and all the children are in there with mm-hmm. the pastor. Mm-hmm. And, the, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. okay. That's, that's quite distru- That's mm-hmm. quite disturbing. Yeah. But... On the whole, they don't show a lot of horror. A lot of it's implied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm more down with the like if you imagine the screen of your TV or however you're watching it, I'm more interested in how you're scared with like what's on the edge of the screen. Yeah. What you can't quite see. Like my imagination is way more terrifying. That's what's great about that kind of horror. It kind of allows you to imagine the worst case scenario. And sometimes your worst case scenario is not the writer or the editors or the maker of the show's worst case scenario. So that feels more scary for you. I think my favorite kind is horrors where like women are the monsters. Like as in like they are the ones doing the killing. I love like... Me too, me too. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm really into it, especially, I guess it's more thrillers, like things like Gone yeah. Girl, where it's the women that are like the ones that are like shutting things down, basically. That, mm. that kind of horror feels good to me. What do you think yes. about like jump scares like, and boo, that kind of like, it, I call it childish horror. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, do you call it childish horror like as well because you're really annoyed because you've just jumped out of your Yeah, skin. exactly. Yeah. So you annoyed yourself, for God's sake. It wasn't even anything. Yeah. <laughs> I quite like jump scares. I think they can be like too much relied upon mm-hmm. by like kind of crappy filmmakers. Yeah. Like if I'm watching a horror film that isn't very good and the main character goes into the bathroom and there's like a mirrored shelving unit on the wall and she opens the unit to get some pills out and then shuts like the mirrored door. I know there's going to be something there. Yeah. You know, she's yeah. going to shut that mirror door, and there's going to be a man us... behind her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's like cheap to yeah. me. That's a cheap <laughs> jump scare. But if you do something interesting that I've not seen before, because I don't mind a little bit of oh, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. I like I like the film being faster than me. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you do. Like, if you're really into film and telly, like you're kind of just reading it all the time aren't you and like being in it and being in the world but if you do it a lot you recognize a lot of the structures and how it all works yeah if something genuinely makes me jump I'm quite impressed yeah (laughs) because you've been there you've done that you're gonna like you have to scare you to scare you now at this point yeah exactly and I should point out as well like I'm not a complete mental like I'm scared of loads of stuff yeah and if there's a horror film that everyone is like oh my god this is the most terrifying thing you have ever seen then I'll be watching it on like a Sunday afternoon with the curtains wide up we um, always say that yeah, yeah we yeah. always say that we watch it in the daytime so it doesn't feel as scary that exactly. being said, do you think there's been a scary story that hasn't been told yet? Like you said, you've got a PhD in this. You're not new to this whole <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, like, you've been knowing about it. Like that's a do- that basically your doctor in horror, mm. basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, my friends call me Doctor Death, which I don't always I mean, really like. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> there's nicer names, but sure, Doctor yeah. Death. Dr. Yeah, I'm not that keen on Doctor Death, but you know, I, I see where they're coming from. Fair. I don't know about one specific story, but what I'm really enjoying is that, like, off the back of the success of Get Out, seeing so many more black horror stories mm-hmm. coming out. Yeah, and this, this, this is the kind of perspective that we've just not had in horror filmmaking. 
until a few years ago. Yeah. And at the moment, like right now, I think in New York, there's an amazing filmmaker called Nikiatu Jusu, who's a Sierra Leone and American filmmaker. She's finally got the money to make her first feature film. And she's telling it from her perspective, which we have just not seen before. And it's called The Nanny. Oh. And I'm following her on Instagram and I'm seeing like the action clapperboards mm. going off each day for it. And I'm like, I don't know the details of this film, but I know it won't be like anything else. Yeah. yeah. It is interesting with Get Out and what kind of films that brings out as well. But then there's yeah. kind of been criticism in terms of how all of those films kind of feel like it is white people putting horrible things to black people's lives sort of thing. And because mm. Get Out was so successful, it feels like that's the new sense of horror. But sometimes I think as a black person watching that, it's like, oh, that feels close to reality. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember one recently and I was like, this literally feels like what it was like growing up in Essex. Like, mm, just by yeah. the trailer alone. And then I guess it's, it's, it's interesting how we can ride that line, still do however yeah. that involves black people, but doesn't feel too close to reality, I think. I find that when um, I watch Us, so it's the filmmaker's mm. follow-up to Get Out, mm-hmm. and Us is one of my favourite horror films of all time. It feels very much like, this is kind of picking up when you did your His House podcast that I was listening to the oh, other day. I was going to bring up His House as well, yeah. Yeah, I was doing my homework. <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like Us is a horror film that features black people, Yeah, but it's not doing a kind of critique of race in the same way that I think Get Out is. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. Totally and agree. I, I absolutely love Us as well because it's really weird. Mm. So, weird. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so would you recommend Fair Street? And Fair Street aside, what other yeah. horrors on, on Netflix or anywhere would you recommend that people should watch? Oh, oh my goodness, you've put me on the spot. Oh, Do you know sorry. what? I'm, I'm such a geek that I watch loads of really old stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I could give you some recommendations straight off the top of my head for witch horror films. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, of course. I, I've been re-watching my witches in preparation for today. Okay. So, <laughs> like, two amazing ones, going back to the 90s, as I'm unable to leave it. Um, there's a teen horror film from the 90s called The Craft. Okay. And Ooh, yeah, it's I know that. amazing. What's yeah? it about? Yeah, it's, I haven't seen great. it because I'm a chicken, but yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. You'd be fine with the craft. You'd be fine. It's barely scary. I mean, and I also think it's only a 15. Mm. If it's a 15, it's not that scary. So you don't really, I'd think, you know, anything that's a 15, anybody who doesn't even like horror films will probably be okay. For me, a horror film has to be something more than being scary, Mm. which is why I like The Craft, actually, Mm. which is the 90s recommendation. Because what it's actually about is turning up and being a new girl at school and trying to make friends and trying to work out who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. Right, okay. And all the stuff that happens with witchcraft and magic all comes out of the fact that there's four girls who are all trying to work out who's who in the pecking order. Yeah, right, okay. Trying to work out who's actually a friend and who's just tolerating each other. Mm-hmm. So the craft is great for that. And it has some excellent 1990s fashions that have 
fully come back now already. Of course. So making me feel old. The main character at one point lays on the sofa and she's wearing like lavender cord dungarees, mm. which I just am seeing like everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Just these yeah. really like baby cord dungarees, yeah. full fashion, full fashion. And my other witch offering would be Suspiria, mm. which is a 1970s Italian horror film. Okay. Mm. And, and it's co-written by Daria Nicolodi, who never gets any credit for it and her um, partner gets all the credit for directing oh, classic classic exactly <laughs> but Suspiria like while I would say if you don't like horror you can watch the craft Suspiria pff, it's different level yeah that is it is fully an 18 okay okay, okay. fair enough okay so it's scary <laughs> yeah it's okay. scary no, it's... and there's a there's a lot of blood okay the blood is mm. the fake blood is like a weird neon pink tinged color because the film is really over the top okay. the whole thing mm. suppo- everything is ridiculous like it's set in a dancing school in germany and the walls mm. are made of blue velvet okay. is that the one that was remade it's got tilda yes. okay yeah. Yes, exactly. You know loads about how I do I just don't be I'll be reading the Wikipedia entries. Okay. okay, fair, fair, fair. But yeah, that one is full over the top, stabby horror mm-hmm. but it's all about women it's about a girl who starts at a dance school so it's all about her relationships with other girls mm-hmm. and her relationships with the female teachers and like the one guy that's in there is blind and gets stabbed to death really quickly so it's still a full <laughs> girl it's not thing. funny but okay. great <laughs> <laughs> Alison thank you so much thank you so much Alison <laughs> you feel very educated in horror and I think I might actually give the craft a go I think that sounds right yeah. up my street I'd watch yeah, that for sure I'm looking at you, witch nerd. You can't stop it. Okay, so now that we've spoken to the legends that are Alison Pierce and R.L. Stein, we have a surprise quiz. Since we, since we're not that knowledgeable when it comes to the different types of horror, the, the genres of horror, and Fear Street, that's exactly what they're giving you, right? They're giving you the the, the range of different time eras, the different mm-hmm. genres. You've got all that. So we've got a quiz to test our knowledge, presented by none other than our producer, who we consistently slag off. Jamie has been gagging for this moment. He's been gagging for this. He cannot wait to be on the mic and speak to you guys. Jamie, have your moment. How you doing? Um, We're very good, thank you. Excited for your quiz? Very excited. I'm here, finally. Finally. What's the prize? Okay, the prize is, we're not materialistic on this show. I am. It's kudos and respect. You know what, I'll take the bragging rights. Yeah, I'll take the respect and kudos. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, to celebrate the release of Fear Street, a mm-hmm. uh, concept that's never been done before. Three films in three weeks, three different genres, intertwined storylines and casts. Goodness gracious me. Okay, so the first round is all about the 90s. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's go. Question one. How many roles did Eddie Murphy play in the 90s movie, available on Netflix, by the way, The Nutty Professor? Oh, that's a good oh, question. God, that is a good question. I'm going to say five. Okay, Jeannie, you've gone for five. Tolly? I'm going to say uh, four. Four. The correct answer was seven. Oh, I was going to say six or four and I stuttered. Damn. Question two. Who wrote the screenplay for Mean Girls? Oh. Oh. 
I no, no, but I knew the answer as well. So what happens? Because I knew it was Tina Fey as well. Sorry, I'm too aggressive. I've calmed down. <laughs> <laughs> Complete this line. I like the way you work it. No diggity. I like to bag it, bag it up. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. Why was Tim Berners-Lee important to the 90s? He was married to that woman, isn't he? He's a, he he writes horror films. <laughs> okay, that's Tali's answer. Gina? <laughs> and he's married to that Ellen Bohem Carter. Okay. <laughs> that might be, is that not true? <laughs> not Ellen Bonham Carter. Um, <laughs> you know what? I can't even know because I have no idea. All right, he, he wrote a famous horror film. I'll say that. Neither of you are right. Uh, he invented the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone listening to this, I am smart. <laughs> Name TLC's album that included Creep and Waterfall. Crazy Sexy Cool? Yeah, it is. No, it is. It is. It is. For a bonus question, what song, one of the biggest hits of all time, was originally turned down by TLC? Because as Tebow said, was I going to say that on a record? Hell no. TLC turned down one of the biggest records of all time because they didn't want to say the title. My neck, my back. Is that a joke? What? <laughs> you don't know? They turned down Britney Spears' Hit Me Baby one more time. Oh, oh yeah, I actually did know that. That was the right thing to do. That, that song belongs to Britney Spears. But what did they not want to say? My, that their loneliness is killing them? Hit Me Baby one more time because they're, they're urban, innit? Oh. They didn't want no man hitting them. Yeah, fair. Name one of the stars of the 90s movie Devil's Advocate, one of the 90s horror movie, no less. Available on Netflix, actually, right now. The Devil's Advocate. Two males. One of them was known for being really nice. He's been in loads and loads of cool films. One, a, f- a film about an excellent adventure. I don't know. I don't know. I can't lie to you. What, no what's that? Indiana Jones is that what? The excellent yeah, what? Indiana Jones and the Excellent Adventure. Indiana Jones is an excellent adventure. Jesus. <laughs> Keanu Reeves or Al Pacino? Oh. I would have never known that. <sighs> okay, what literary giant first published in 1997 went on to sell 500 million? Harry Potter. Correct. Yeah. Well done, T. Well done. What song did Biggie sample for Mo Money? Um, how does my money go again? I don't even remember. It's completely gone out my head now. I don't know what they want from me. It's like the more money we come I don't know the sample of that, you know. I know it's a sample, but I don't know who. I didn't even know it was a sample. Who was it? Uh, Diana Ross, I'm coming out. Oh my God. God. Of course it is. Oh, I'm so disappointed in myself. That's so embarrassing. should be. I'm coming. Yeah. Oh, God. I failed myself. I failed myself. What is this the catchphrase from 90s classic film? In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening. And good night. And- oh, 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 oh. oh, and if I just, it's a TV show. Yeah. Don't don't turn it around. It's a film. Um, 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 don't go, uh, it's going to come to my head. I don't know. It. I know it the ends, phrase. It ends in the, the word show. Show, man. Greatest no, show alive. No, it's it's got Jim Carrey in it. Correct. Oh, my God. What? the hell is it called? It's gone out of my head because you've asked the question. Oh, that's going to really piss me off. I will piss you off. It's the Truman Show. Uh, okay, but you know what? I did know that, please. No, you can have a half. Yeah, I mean, I need a saying. 70s question one. Halloween, the movie Halloween starred the daughter of Tony Curtis and Janet Lee. Name her. Uh, uh, Think about it. Yeah, I know. Jamie, Cur- Jamie Lee Curtis. Correct. Complete the film title. 
invasion of the body of Christ. Slani, <laughs> <laughs> take this fucking seriously. Yeah, man. Uh, invasion of the body of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> that is not a film I would like to see. Um, I don't know. Invasion of the body snatchers. Come on. Ah. Pardon. Complete the song lyric from the 70s. You abandon me, love don't. Live here anymore. Correct, Talani Shanai. Well done, Talani. Okay, here's a good one. How many times does Bill Withers say, I know, in Ain't No Sunshine? Oh, that's a great question. I think it's nine. I'll tell you something, it's a lot more than you think. Okay, I'm going to say 25. Oh, I, it's 26. I'm going to have to give it to Tolly. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. Really? I know, 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 I know. Oh my god, please. I know. I see a little silhouette of a man. What was the question? What was the question so I got kind of way? Complete it. Oh, can you do the fandango? Thunder button lightning, very, very frightening. Very good, very good. In Oldham in 1978, Louise Joy Brown became the first what baby ever? Test tube. Correct. Okay. How do you know that? I don't know. <laughs> Which UK icon, famous for being rubbish at marriage and, well, having big breasts, was born in 1978? Katie Price. Katie Price. Formerly known as Jordan. The serial killer David Berkowitz was sentenced to life imprisonment in 1978. But what was his nickname, which is also the name of a show on Netflix? Think about those true crime series that are available right now on Netflix. Mm. Lady Killer. No, Son of Sam. Oh, yeah, I would never yeah, know Yeah, I wouldn't have known that. Right. Well, after the runaway success of the 90s and 70s, I'm sure the listeners can't wait to hear your in-depth knowledge about 1666. It's going to be oh great. Oh, God, literally. <sighs> okay, here we go. <laughs> Write down the year 1666 in Roman numerals. Oh, Is get that is that a fucking joke, bruv? Actually, on. go away, man. That's so jarring. You write down the number 1666 in name of you. Okay, just tell me what it begins with. I. I. Tully, what are you going for? The two I's. I, I, dot, dot. Well, no, no, because that would just be two. Uh, it's M. What event occurred in 1666 in the house of a baker in a place called Pudding Lane? The pudding. Black pudding. No. The, the fi- a fire. It was a fire. Yes. Which one? Oh, God. It was... um. The pudding fire. Was it a good fire or was it a... The Great Fire of England. Oh, a Great Fire of London. Great Fire of London. London. I got that. I got that that right. Shut up, Talani. Okay, what pandemic finally started to ease in Britain in 1666? Black Dead Flu. No, the Great Plague. This is a maths question. Okay, Okay. got it. What is 1666 squared? Okay, one second. I don't even have to be squared anymore. I've been, I haven't been in school for a long time. Yeah, one, one, one second, Jamie. Um, okay, I'm going to have to rush you. 321,212. Uh, okay. Uh, Gina, what you got? Uh, no, 212,000. No, uh, 221,212. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Is that really wrong? I feel like it's probably around the three, three and a half thousand mark. <laughs> oh, I'll put you out of your misery. The correct answer is actually 277,500 and... Oh, hang on a sec. 2,000... 2, Sorry, Jamie. Are you serious? Did you actually think we were going to be able to do that? <laughs> on paper? It's just 1666 times 1666. Oh, is that what squared is again? 
Oh my god. I have okay. a You know what? Now time, that I do man. hear us saying these things, we do it does I do understand the You know yes. what I thought squared was? I thought squared was when you you double every number. So one will be two, six will be twelve, the six other six will be twelve. This is hurting my brain now. It's hurting my brain. Let's move on. And mine. What year did witchcraft become illegal in the UK? 1666. No, not 1666. Oh. Six, that would have been good, though, because it's 666, isn't it? It would have been. 1678. It was 1563. Where it became illegal? Yeah, it, it actually only became illegal in 1563 in the UK. So is it not still illegal now? Is it now legal? Sadly still illegal. Okay, what is the name of the famous 1600 witch trials in Massachusetts? Salem. Correct. Well wow. done, Gina. <laughs> when shall we three meet again? In thunder, lightning, or in rain? Our line spoke by three witches in which famous play? Ah, uh, it's a Shakespeare play. Yeah. Uh, what's the one? Tem- template. Template. Temp- no. Tempest. I don't <laughs> think it is. Huh? Tempest, I was going to say template. They did it in a... It, I know what it is. I feel like I've, I've acted that film before. Uh, I've acted the play before. Uh, it's the opening lines. The whole thing. Very famous play. Well, yeah, because I've done it before. It's a very famous one. Actors uh quite superstitious about it. They call it the oh, Scottish play. What is it called? It's going to annoy me when you say the name of it now because I've made a fool of myself today. You have. It begins with M. Macbeth. Okay, what trait that often caused women to be classed as witches in the 1600s would mean that Lady Gaga, Oprah and Obama would all be dunked? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. They're born around the same time? What trait? They're left-handed. Oh, that's a good guess. Correct. Oh, that's a really good guess. Well done, Gina. Wow. Okay, the winner of the quiz, the shambolic quiz, is going to be decided on this final question, Okay. Okay. You've got to name as many horror films as possible. Okay? Take it in turns, and the first person to stumble or to go dry loses. Tolly, you're going first. Are you ready? Any marks? Get set. Go. I know what you did last summer. Scream. Get out. Saw. I know more. <laughs> Jamie? Jamie? No, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You are out. And I apologise to my Netflix bosses in advance, but that was absolutely fucking useless. <laughs> I could have gone on for at least three more. I'm embarrassed uh, for you and because of you. I'm going to leave you guys to recommend something. Goodbye. Oh, I'm well embarrassed by that. Yeah, look, it um, wasn't great. It wasn't great. <laughs> I feel like I didn't show myself in my best light. Mm, but if, if, do you know what? We'll, we'll do the quiz again and I'll do better. Yeah. If the world was open, I would suggest some sort of 1010 would recommend film quiz night, but the world is not open. That would be so, so fun. That would be so much fun. Okay. What would I recommend this week? I would, I've got two things to recommend. There okay. is a clip that's been going around for a couple of weeks now, or that was going on for a couple of, couple of weeks of T-Pain talking about how he had a conversation with Usher mm. and Usher told him that him using autotune has ruined, ruined music. And he said, T-Pain said that that made him go into depression. Wow. And it wasn't said in the clip, but that clip is actually from a show on Netflix. Pop. 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 What is pop? She said, Usher would like to talk to you. He's like, man, you kind of, kind of fucked up music. Is he right? Did I fuck up music? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's called This Is Pop. 
Mm. And it basically every week it kind of talks about another version of music and things like that. And it kind of goes into detail with it. So that was the um, episode on Autotune. And it talks to the maker of the person that um, started Autotune. He was like an engineer or something random before Mm -hmm. and then became doing that sort of thing. So that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And also, if you are into soft porn and erotica, Mm -hmm. hear me out. Sex is really just about sex. What's it about for you? They're here. Desire. Feeling desired. Freedom. I haven't felt that way since. Brad, the person who gives you security can't be the same person who gives you the thrill. Billy never even mentioned you. Maybe there's a reason for that. Unless. Unless. Unless you think there's a world in which Brad could give you both. There was a show called Sex Life on Netflix. And I think oh, I that might to have... that too. Did you? Yeah. It might have the most sex I've ever seen on television. I'm on episode five of it, actually. And it's about this woman who, before getting married, had a, a very sensational sex life. She was getting it in. And then she got married and is now living this very, like, vanilla life. Mm. And then she starts writing about her past sex life in a journal, which her husband finds. And that kind of, like, turns him on to kind of fulfill those fantasies again for her. Mm. So it's very interesting. It's very, it's very sex heavy. And I'll say the main character, she has sensational tits. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's not the kind of, you'd have to watch it alone. Watch it alone. Volume a little bit down. Yeah. It's weird because you do feel a little bit embarrassed watching it. Even if you're alone, you still feel like, oh my God, it's a bit saucy. Mm. Do not watch it if anybody, like in terms of your parent in the room or anything like that, avoid that. Please, unless you've got really cool, liberated parents. Those are really good recommendations. I really want to watch Sex Life. I was also going to bring Sex Life because, mainly because I just kept seeing people talk about it on TikTok. And yeah, I was like, what lot. is this? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was seeing this girl being like, I've just started watching Sex Life. Are you guys watching it? It is wild. This scene, this scene. And I was like, oh my God. So that is the first thing that I want to start watching straight away. You but. definitely should. And if you have the time, watch This Is Pop. It's really interesting. If you like, like music or you know the origins of all of your favourite tracks. Mm, that's great. Well, we have taken you around the ages and back yes. in this episode. And although it might not sound like it, Gina and I are very smart, well-researched <laughs> individuals. And what Jamie did was find out what our points of no knowledge were yeah. and brought those to the quiz. Because outside of this, we are very smart people. So do not judge off of that quiz. If you also did the quiz alongside with us and you got better marks than we did, Please be sure to tweet us or contact us uh, by using the hashtag 1010 would recommend. Mm-hmm. And you can find me, Tolly underscore T, on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me at SmileGina, that's G-E-N-A, on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. And you can find Netflix UK at Netflix UK on all social media platforms. Bye, guys. 